0: KRCL 90.9 FM, HD1, Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, and on the web at krcl.org.
1: Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's all right with
2: me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that and let it ring.
3: Oh, Al Dine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. This is Radioactive, show for grass, grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Thanks for plugging into your community with me tonight.
0: i got to turn my own mic me, on. Always <laughs> with me is
3: Laura Jones, and now she is.
0: I know I am. Hey, Al, I, I really was happy to see all this snow today. And then at the same time, I had to go out and shovel it, and I wasn't too happy about that.
3: (laughs) At least the part you shoveled melted, and it's not too icy. It's not
0: too bad, but be careful out there, folks. There's still some snow, and it's getting cold again this evening. So what do we have coming up on the show?
3: So tonight on the show, we have Bly Wallentine with us, and... um they're, They're doing some pretty
0: cool stuff out of Provo, have some huh? They great
3: stuff, and they might even play the grand piano for us.
0: Yes, uh, I asked <laughs> if uh, they might be willing to do that. I was looking at their, their band camp, and I think they have 23 releases under their belt. Am I getting the heads up there, Bly? Yes, I am. <laughs> We're going to go there in just a minute, but...
3: Um, Tom Wheatley's with us from Utah Meat Collective down at Spanish Fork. It'll be interesting to talk to him about the busy harvest season that's still mm-hmm. kind of rolling on.
0: We went and took a class with Tom, and you managed to parcel out the results of that for several weeks. I ate it all right away. But I, really I still have excited. one package. I've do been you savoring really? one what? package. Christmas sausage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm excited to talk to Tom again and see how the season went uh, for the collective and also share their, their mission because what they do is very intentional, and it's very old school in a way, going way back.
3: Definitely. Let's bring it back to the roots.
0: Then we've got Hannah Goggin from Green Urban Lunchbox. What was Hannah saying out there? Cider release coming up? Uh, The
3: cider release for Green Urban Lunchbox, this year's cider, and they're saying it's tasting really good.
0: Ooh, okay. (laughs) Plus, we've got Skywatcher Leo T. and a special visit all the way from the Uinta Basin our friends from Skinwalker Ranch, Shell yeah is going to come in with them and say hello and uh, get a little update since their spooky field trip down there over the Halloween holiday.
3: Always interesting stuff yeah. happening out there. You
0: follow there. that?
3: I've watched yeah. it from afar. a little bit. I know <laughs> from I've, a distance? I, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I get. I like some of it.
0: I do, too. Some of it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm easily spooked, so I don't know <laughs> if I could have gone on that trip, but I'd love to go on the next one. All right, time for some fresh and homegrown music with our featured musician tonight, all the way from Provo. Thanks for coming up, Bly Wallentine. Thanks for having me. So glad you're here. You have a new album dropping yeah. on Monday. It's also your birthday, and yeah. you got two gigs next week.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Busy, busy. Yeah, i got a show coming up next Friday at ABG's, and uh, yeah, a release party for my record on Monday.
3: Very cool. This one is called Limit. To My Love, you want to give us a little hint about what it's about?
4: Yeah, this one's uh, kind of about the way our love and connection can transform and sometimes in devastating ways, um, but our bonds of love can continue, can carry forward, you know.
3: Very cool. This one is Limit To My Love, Bly Wallentine, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
4: Running.
2: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I couldn't stick it out through the feet. my love, even when it hurts to think about you, ain't no limit to my love. I couldn't get it out for a season. spell out our disaster, ain't no limit to my love, even in the agonizing laughter, ain't no limit to my love. to my love, ain't no limit to my love, even in the ovary of envy, ain't no limit to my love.
0: Support for KRCL comes from the Utah Farm and Food Conference, January 12th to 14th in Cedar City, where more than 200 attendees will gather to learn and network about the agrihood, from small to urban farms and artisan producers to those who support them. For tickets and conference schedule, visit utahfarmconference.org.
5: Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from Mark Miller's Subaru and the Subaru Share the Love event a partnership with local charities in delivering hope this holiday season. Learn more and info on how to get involved at markmillersubaru.com. And
0: welcome back to Radio Active. Stay tuned for more live in the studio from Bly Wallentine, our featured Utah musician. This evening on Punk Rock Farmer Friday, I'm Laura and Al Dines, Trick Night Care, CL's Punk Rock Farmers here. Al, I know we have a special guest, but there are a few things I wanted to bring up. Tomorrow, of course, Farmers Market, Winter Market, still going on at the Gateway. Oh, yes. Also tomorrow from 3 to 8, it's Wasatch Community Gardens at their campus. They've got their Love Local Holiday Market. I'll be there. Are you going to go check out the...
3: Well, I'm going to be in one of the booths there. Are you? Yes.
0: Great. You were doing some seeds at the pop-up with Crest Farm. Is that what we're going to...
3: Did some seeds. We're going to be talking biochar with the biochar Biochar. guys tomorrow.
0: Okay, great. And then also the uh, uh, Craft Lake City... Their holiday market is going on this evening and tomorrow up in Ogden. If you're looking to shop local, folks, look for those holiday markets. I think Shades of Strength has one this weekend as well. Uh, Check rallies and resources, but also our calendar, our event calendar. And then this from the Natural History Museum I, I usually remember to get them in here, but I just got the press release today. It's Squirrel Fest 3 tomorrow <laughs> at Veterans Memorial Park in West Jordan to promote statewide the Statewide Nature Observation Challenge. So they're calling on all you nature photographers and citizen scientists to uh, let your time on the slopes or the streets this week serve science. It's Squirrel Fest 3, and all you need to participate is your phone. It's going to run from December 3rd through the 11th. Uh, they encourage you out in the community to contribute observational data about squirrels. When I pulled out of my, my driveway this morning and I was heading down the street, the house at the cross uh, street had these squirrels running all over the roof. And I was like, i got to get my phone out because Squirrel Fest is coming. <laughs> anyway, I'll put some details in the show notes, folks. But uh, you just use the app or your phone, iNaturalist, wherever you take the squirrels. They want the photos so they can track them. And you know how I feel about
3: squirrels. Weren't they munching your garden, though? <laughs> they did not
0: munch the garden this year. I did find a few things late in the season, but like I moved, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the old place. They, they, it was their buffet, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. Another cool thing is happening mid-month with our guest here to tell us all about it. You want to do the introductions?
3: Hannah Goggins with us from the Green Urban Lunchbox, one of our favorite nonprofit organizations in town. Tell me a little bit about what's going on
6: awesome so december 15th green urban lunchbox is having our cider release party at mountain west hard cider located just up the block on fourth west that's right yes it is the 2022-2023 vintage cider it is unlike any other cider it's extremely unique to salt lake city i'd say it's even a taste of salt lake city very crafty yes exactly our fruit share program we partner with fruit tree homeowners here in salt lake city and community volunteers to actually go into people's yards and harvest fruit right off the tree that would have otherwise gone to waste so this year we harvested about sixteen thousand pounds of apples of like upwards of 20 to 30 varieties and Mountain West takes about 47 to 5,000 pounds of these apples and creates a hyper local hard apple cider with it and a portion of all of the bottles sold comes back to the Green Urban Lunchbox so we are inviting people out to come taste cider and celebrate with us Is this
3: one bottled already or is it in process it still? is
6: currently in process it's in the final stages we just got word from the head brewer over at mountain west today
3: and it tastes pretty good is great it yeah me. it tastes <laughs> lovely is the direct quote yeah. yes <laughs> very good really i tasted lovely. last year's and it was a little dry and a little yeah. sweet and i kind of liked it
6: i did too yeah i every year is different because it's just the different varieties of apples that we harvest that year so it makes it super unique every time
3: i think katie said this year there was quite a few red apples
6: yeah so i'm interested to see how that changes the flavor profile Mm -hmm. from last year for
0: sure well i really love the fruit share program and i wanted you to remind folks about it because even though there's snow on the ground Mm -hmm. uh, people are starting to dream not just of sugar plums dancing in their heads for the holidays but the next growing season, and how do people participate in fruit share?
6: Yeah, so our fruit share program, you can find all about it on our website, which is just the greenurbanlunchbox.com. We offer different services other than harvesting, so even though it is snowing, our fruit share program starts back up in January, beginning with pruning, so For um, a service fee, homeowners can get their trees pruned, fertilized, and thin all part of one of our packages. So we are promoting that as well. But yeah, you can go ahead and either request a pruning appointment or a harvest appointment right online.
0: And the harvest appointments. So you especially help out seniors and Mm -hmm. folks that maybe struggle to maintain their fruit trees.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Currently, we operate on a sliding scale of how harvesting works. So it's mostly free for a lot of our participants, but also if you would like a guaranteed harvest, you can pay $100. And that just guarantees your harvest as well as kind of provides us all the resources that we need to harvest that one specific fruit tree. Is
3: there is there any, um, I mean, you guys do pruning, but mm-hmm. is there any consultation on trees that maybe are not feeling so well little disease or
6: yeah we work with um the usu extension we'll kind of um we're kind of like the mediator between that we don't exactly diagnose problems with uh-huh. your trees but we can get you in contact with people who are more equipped to do so
3: good to know so
0: you can register a tree you mm-hmm. can sign up for services you, and you can, can look for
6: harvest yeah and also volunteer as well there's Trees all around, we have about 3,000 registered in our program, so there might be a tree located in your neighborhood that you can come and help out with. What a great
0: way to build community.
6: Exactly. Right?
0: Help out right in your neighborhood. Someone whose tree needs a little love, and and they need a little help loving it, too. One of the great things about where the fruit goes, though, is other hunger relief organizations like the Sunnyvale Food Pantry and Valor House.
6: Yeah, Valor House, and we also work closely with Food Justice Coalition, too. As well. So we have, yeah, a wide array of places that we are able to distribute to.
0: So this is really a, a nonprofit hard at work uh, connecting the community in so many different ways, Al. And mm-hmm. so this release is going to be where and when, and then after that, where can folks get it?
6: So the Cider Release Party will take place on December 15th, 5 to 8 p.m. at Mountain West, located on 4th West. And that is also the same location where you are going to be able to purchase the cider once it becomes available to the public. Do you know how much (laughs) cider is available? We
0: know how many apples went in. 60 I'm saying it's probably so. hundreds
3: of gallons. Yeah, <laughs>
6: like 300 <laughs> gallons worth of cider, but wow. that looks about to be like 70 cases worth okay. of cider. Well. Get it well the getting's good. And I think the last season is also still available, too, so you can walk away hmm. with two bottles. So if you're thinking also
0: of holiday gifts and supporting a nonprofit, here is another idea for your shop local strategy folks. So, Hannah, what's the website one more time?
6: Thegreenurbanlunchbox.com.
0: Thanks so much for coming in. I appreciate it.
6: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All
0: right, stick around. we got Skinwalker Ranch coming up after Skywatcher Leo T.
7: It's many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here. Looking up in the sky tonight by 7 or so. Looking to the east above the Moab Rim or the Wasatch Front covered with snow. You'll find a planet called Mars looking like a deep orange ball. And it's relatively close right now. Near this and to the left is larger Capella. To the right, find another orange orb, which is Aldebaran, the eye of twinkling Tars the Bull with its mysterious double stars and trails. And a bit above, and to the right, is Trembling Jewel of Pleiades. Speaking of Mars, just as NASA's Mars rovers rely on robust wheels to roam the red planet and conduct science, some orbiters rely on wheels, too in this case, reaction wheels. To stay pointed in the right direction, engineers and technicians at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory recently installed four reaction wheels on the Europa Clipper, a large space probe which is set to launch soon. Europa will rely on the same type of wheels during its journey to Jupiter's icy moon Europa for lots of science. Stay tuned. And taking the little Skywatcher spaceship further out in space, traveling way out to the Orion Nebula. Newly minted images from NASA's Spitzer Space Telescope Shows images captured in infrared light that reveal otherwise unseen details as an intriguing image from NASA. We've got it on the Skywatcher site of star forming regions in the Orion Nebula. A recent study that relied on the infrared data tracked frequent outbursts from the baby stars as they gathered mass from surrounding disks of gas and dust. University of Toledo astronomer Tom McGieth explains, you're watching star formation, clouds of gas collapse to form a star. It's literally the process of star creation in real time. And in closer exploration, the Artemis I moon launch, as you probably know, finally launched, taking three days longer than the Apollo ships to get to the moon. And once in the vicinity, the command module fired its thrusters and out to a far orbit about 248,000 miles from Earth, just a bit further than Apollo 13 had previously gone, set the record in April of 1970 of being the farthest human-inhabited spaceship from Earth. But they had astronauts on board. The Artemis does not at this point, as the Orion capsule from Artemis orbits and tests systems and deploys satellites and fires back to Earth. It's many cultures, one sky... Sky is something we all have in common. It's all of our heritage. Northern Utah poet Margaret Pettis.
8: Bison. A poem stepped through the pines, tapers lit by lightning, not a lord. His great mane and broad wet back, his pointed horns and small dark eyes, draped with a cape of hailstones, a mantle unmelted, unmoving, I caught his eye from my distant crossing on the trail his kin had cut through the brush, stirring dust into mud, clinging to fetlocks and swinging black beards. His jaws ground cud he'd carried from the meadow. Not turning his head, he stood in the woods, night bedded down, pelted with stones of ice and needles, red and dry hangers-on. Knocked loose from the high prickly canopy, whiskering his snowy robe. His eye held mine, white ice on black lashes, a beast too big to be real.
7: And in the sky tonight, the bison or buffalo from the Lakota is the constellation Tiamne emerging out of the earth. And the hoop of stars near Mars in our eastern view tonight, composing of Orion with blue Rigel and orange Betelgeuse form in the ribs. And the three belt stars are the backbone, the bright star Sirius, the tail, and Pellides, its head. So keep the imagination running away with you and look up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. On Radioactive with Laura Jones and Al Dine, the punk rock farmer on KRCL.
0: Aw, thank you, Skywatcher Leo T. See you at the party tomorrow night. The big KRCL soul and birthday party happening at the Commonwealth Room, Al. And there's gonna be a photo booth so we're gonna have to get in there and we might have to bring some vegetables, sneak them in for a little <laughs> okay. little color in the in the conversation. I, think I got
3: a gourd or two.
0: Yeah. Shell Yat yeah is joining us. Hey, Shell. Oh, hey. Thanks for taking up the show on Halloween with Eric P. Nelson. You know, that was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, so we
5: did some coverage of Skinwalker Ranch. Now, how'd that come to be? Just recap for us. Well, uh, the caretakers of Skinwalker Ranch, uh, Tom Lewis and Candice Lindy, uh, made a generous donation during Fall Radiothon last fall. And so uh, they said they were big fans of KRCL, and Eric P. Nelson and I kind of like geeked like, oh out. My, yeah, and it. we're like, we <laughs> want to be friends with them. So uh, we were able to go down to the ranch and we got a VIP tour. And uh,
0: now uh, our
5: friends are here, you and yeah. now you're hosting
0: <laughs> them. So Candace and Tom, hi! Welcome to Radioactive. Uh, cozy on up to that microphone. Oh, hey! Thanks, Thanks for having fun us. To be here. So tell us when you get up in the morning, because you've been living there for about four and a half years uh, in the Uinta Basin. Can you describe what it looks like when you go out the front door and maybe have your sip of coffee or tea?
9: Mm. Well,
0: what's it's, the landscape like?
9: It's a, it's the harshest landscape I think I've ever lived in. Yeah, yeah. It's very. Um, some days, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. We're on five hundred and twelve acres. It's just us and. Yeah, you know,
10: it's absolutely beautiful, but it's brutal. It's a brutal place to live. The environment, you know, the weather, environment, the, remoteness. the
9: weather, the remoteness—that and it feels like there's always somebody watching. <laughs> Ooh! So this place has
0: a reputation, right, Tom?
10: It definitely does. Uh, it's the hot spot for paranormal activity, UAPs, um, all sorts of strange phenomena. Phenomena. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's unique. It's a unique place, um, and. W- yeah, we're just excited to live there. It's, it's we're
9: lucky. It's a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity, and it is. There's an energy.
0: There's an energy there that is rare. It's rare. What does it feel like during the holidays? Does it is there a respecter of the season, so to speak, or is it kind of spooky wooky all the time? Well, is it what you bring to it and make it?
10: That's exactly it. It's. Uh, we can feel when certain people are on the ranch it changes the energy somehow yeah uh, it's really difficult to explain how we feel that but it's it's a sensory th- it's a sensory thing it's yeah. uh we we can sense when things aren't quite right
3: aldon you Kind of watch these things. I watched the show a little bit, and I saw the guys hanging out there. You, you guys interact with the guys on the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Describe and the show. There's things in the ground, and there's things out on the ridge, and there's things in the air. There's something going on there.
0: <laughs> yeah. How has it been to have a show there, like a reality show, in essence, um, in your life, documenting what you're talking about? This presence that you always feel like someone's watching, Candice. Mm-hmm.
9: Well, not in a million years would I think that I would ever live in a place like that. But again, it's that thing—you buy the ticket, take the ride—and yeah. <laughs> we're just on it, holding on tight. And it's unexpected. Every day's uh, an open slate; it's an open canvas, and um, it changes—it changes all the time. And having uh, when the production team is there, it's a whole nother. Uh, environment
10: altogether yeah yeah most of the time it's very peaceful um uh, i would consider it peaceful place as far as the energy goes but when so production is the team is between 30 and 40 people that are on the ranch that's a lot of people to influence it's a lot of people yeah exactly the vibe of the place yes and for some reason that spot reflects back Hmm. um whatever energy is put into it sounds crazy a little bit okay so
0: so, Candace, you're an anthropologist and archaeologist, mm-hmm. Tom, you're a technologist. How do you all end up there four and a half years ago? <laughs> and, and what keeps you there?
9: Oh Well, th- it's, uh, I, I, we got there because of the crazy dollhouse um, project I, I told these folks about. And the owner of the ranch saw the, the story on KSL News about this dollhouse. We were kind of curi- decommissioning this dollhouse. Museum.
5: Like $4,000 in a museum. Six, yeah, yeah. there were
9: probably $6,000, 6, yeah. give or take. But yeah, it was, um, it was a, a labor of love. And Brandon saw the, the footage of this KSL s- story and wanted a tour. And that's where it all started. And the next thing I knew, he was asking if we would be interested in becoming the caretakers because they were looking for new people.
0: You're talking about the author. Brandon. No, Brandon I'm is the, owner, the of, owner of, of yeah. the ranch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, real estate mogul. Mogul. Okay, yeah. I'm confusing it with another guy named Brandon. And He's you all went old, to high <laughs> school, right? Yeah, Brandon Fugle. Fugle. Yes. Thank you. And we did. And so you end up down there in this really remote place, and um, four and a half years at night. What does it feel like? Have you gotten used to it, Tom? Um,
10: not completely used to it. Yeah. Uh, it every every night is a little different. Um, we feel vibrations in our house. Our house was built in 1928. It's got a really good foundation, but we feel vibrations coming up through the ground and the floor.
0: And you you mean this physically, not Physi- mystically. Physically. Yeah. And yeah not vibe. Sometimes <laughs>
10: sometimes that gets it so deep into your brain uh-huh. and thro- you know, through your body that it it's repelling Mm. And um, that's that's when we have to get off the ranch.
5: Well, and, and uh, one of the episodes, Tom actually had a uh, uh, an episode himself on the episode mm. and kind <laughs> of passed out and had to go to the hospital. Do you want to talk about that at all?
10: Uh, sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were just down in the Homestead Two area. Um, there's a cistern behind Homestead Two. And uh, just doing a scene there. And um, all of a sudden, I started blacking out. I couldn't, I couldn't visually see. Um, my chest was really heavy. I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that um, something was messing with uh, the electrical function between my heart and my brain.
0: Mm. And you think it was that space, Homestead, too?
10: Well, I don't know that, but... Several folks s- who
5: have had incidences there. Like that. Yeah. Yes, yes.
0: So then why do you stay? That would terrify <laughs> me, you two. <laughs> we
9: just, it, it's, it's hard to leave. It's a place where we have to get away sometimes, and it's the frequency mm-hmm. of it. It's, it can be overwhelming. And that day specifically, there were several different low frequencies, high too many, like it's stacked mm-hmm. on, and it was... We stay because it's it's kind of it's a kind of addictive, really. The energy that you get that's positive. You know, there's the positive and the negative, and the negative we get it, but we just go find ways to, to cleanse and then return.
5: I lo- I loved when we got the tour. I mean, for all of us, uh, it was a very positive experience, and we all had like a big high after we left, and we were vibrating pretty high. And um, uh, but I loved your tour, and because. Your background with archaeology and anthropology and just your... You know, you both are taking deep dives into history, trying to find out everything you can about this space. And there's so much love and intention. Um, And I know you're working to preserve a lot of this uh, area. And, you know, around the ranch, there's a lot of drilling and a lot of other things that's happening. Um, And we know that, you know, everything of value needs to be preserved. And so I like your background there. Are there any projects that you're working on right now to try and preserve different parts of that area or... Um, what are you currently working on
9: yeah right now we're in the process of doing like a full pedestrian archaeological survey and getting the sites recorded that are there but you know it's it's a seasonal thing so Mm. now that winter's come we'll have to wait till spring to resume that but yeah there's there's some restoration taking place of some of the the structures and yeah we're trying to plant and you know help the monarch population like Planting wow, fantastic. Um, milkweed and other wildflowers, Utah native plants. So yeah, we're, our efforts are going into the into the ground too. Just as much as there's already <laughs> some energy in the ground, yeah. we're, we're adding to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Y'all have seen Nope, right? The science fiction I'm Have not you not seen it? it? Haven't haven't seen it because okay, um, yet. Jordan Peele, the <laughs> yeah. science fiction movie. Uh, and a lot of it takes place on a really remote ranch mm. and as an alien creature. And I just kind of think, am I going to go down there and find Nope? <laughs> but, nope, but we had <laughs> dinner with that alien. Uh, recently. Yeah. Really? yeah,
10: yeah.
0: We you met an alien down there. Yeah, we had dinner. Tell us. Okay, you got You got to <laughs> spill a little more tea there. We didn't really. I just
9: <laughs> we like to you know conjure. Yeah. The idea.
0: So the public we're open
9: doesn't
10: have. It. Yeah. We're, we would be open to. You
0: call call that in. Sure. The I, good stuff. You know, mm-hmm.
10: our, I think mm-hmm. our energy is positive and open to you know um, whatever is out yeah. there. Um,
0: but it's not open to the public, so you have this unique, literal, bedside view. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. What do you hope comes out of your caretaking of this place?
9: Mm. Well, as, as long as this is open for us, we're doing it. And, and after that, maybe, I don't know, some
0: ghost town. <laughs> you <laughs> like it, then. You like this remote. Yeah. And... Um, questioning landscape the oddities
10: yeah yeah the oddities and yes we love the, this crazy la- landscape that we're on right now it's a mystery. and um mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm sure that will be part of whatever we do next mm. but
0: in the meantime folks can uh watch the show we'll put a link in tonight's show notes but thank you so much for stopping by while you're up here we're gonna see you tomorrow night it's Yes. The, uh, yeah, we will definitely be there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. We're going to all climb into the photo booth and see what gets yeah. caught on the <laughs> <laughs> <on laughs> Okay. In the meantime, we're going to go back across the hall, Aldine, to Bly Wallentine and uh, get another song. Hey, Bly, so hey. this new album, what's it called? When's it dropping again?
4: It's called I Found My Foot with a Little Smiley Face, <laughs> and it's <laughs> dropping on Monday, December 5th. It's my birthday.
0: Thirty-third birthday, congratulations. Yep, my
4: crucifixion (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh.
0: the whole album, though, I'm kind of curious. What's the story? Is there a through line? What are you sharing with the world?
4: Yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, there's some hard feelings in there. Some learning to uh, accept some of the more uh, difficult parts of myself. My shadow, the dark stuff, um, some heartache in there. uh, Yeah, some gnarly stuff. (laughs) And uh, finding my way back through that all to the love at the center of it all. Um, uh, and that's kind of the general gist there.
0: Yay. Let's do the song.
3: All right, cool. This one is uh, Lavender Azaleas, and it's Bly Wallentine, fresh and homegrown, right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. All right. Can't wait to share
0: Bob Lye Valentine, live in the studios here on Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones, and Aldine, Strick 9, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, here with me. It's time for Aldine's Urban Farm Report.
3: Um, Tom Wheatley's with us, and we've gotten to be friends, and man, I like this guy. He's cool. <laughs> thanks, Al. Yeah, Thanks so much, Tom. I mean, when Laura and I went down and did the class, and you're very, it's not like you're condescending in a way. The way you ta- the way you go about it is very, it's just, it, how would you explain yeah. it? it? It
0: was just very approachable. I wasn't thinking i got to be a, a, a butcher or a hunter. It was, this is the meat. This is how we're going to treat it. We're going to treat it with respect, and we're going to make it good. Uh, from start to finish Al.
3: It was really good. And we made some sausage. It was amazing. I still I'm saving when I have one package. <laughs> saved. We
1: we can make more Al. We know how.
3: <laughs> that that that's, I'm I'm ready for that day. Tom, this was this was your retirement plan, which is kind of <laughs> which is kind of a, a nutty thing. Yeah, and
1: I'm <laughs> I'm I'm beautifully busy. Sometimes, you know, over the last month or so when we've been super busy uh, I've, I've questioned some of my life choices, um, but now it's starting to kind of uh, tail off, or at least I can see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've been very busy. We've uh, uh, har- harvested all of our pigs, and uh, that either were for our use or for friends, uh, friends that bought shares or uh, a few of them that I sold. I was the butcher for all that. Uh, we harvested all of our chickens. Some of those became chicken classes. So I was there for all of those Uh, chickens. uh, Sometimes folks uh, run into a pickle and have a flock of chickens and they need some help processing them. So I had some of those folks show up with 40 chickens. So I'm teaching a crew of their family, six, eight or 10 people, uh, how to process chickens. But um, it's really fun to share that skill and know that hopefully next year they're going to be on their own or need less help. And then by year three, they should be on their own. Uh, we that's part- what you're
0: trying to teach is the self-sufficiency that you can do it it can be done and you can do it right
1: um, absolutely yeah and uh, you know getting and eating good meat is kind of my focus and uh, what does good meat mean it's meat that's been carefully raised with uh, the uh, health of the animal in mind the health of the environment in mind and our personal health in mind
3: uh, just the way that it goes off to slaughter is a big thing right if it's scared and and put in a in a truck and prodded up the stanchion up and in and that kind of stuff's not good. It, it sends out a sends out a so hormone that that's a fear hormone and that kind of gets in the meat, right? Yes.
1: Sometimes sometimes when you're butchering, you can tell that the animal was under duress. Um, again, I butcher. I will cut meat for other folks, um, so hopefully it's not my stuff that has is under duress. I really try to get farm slaughter on everything I do, Um, and uh, the guys at Heber Valley Meat have been very good to come and be a little bit flexible with my schedule, and we'll also do slaughter classes where people will come and uh, we'll we'll demonstrate or show folks how we're treating the animal uh, as it's making its way into our food system.
3: A lot of workshops, and since August you've you've been doing workshops, and... And then now a very busy harvest season. But what are some of the workshops that folks can and and folks can follow you and get on your list and then you send out the the info, right?
1: Yep. So even though you can find me on social media uh, under uh, the Utah Meat Collective, both on Instagram and Facebook, the very best way to stay up with what we're doing is to go to my website. It's utmeat.com and follow uh, or uh, sign up for our email newsletter. I promise I don't spam. I'm the guy that sends the le- the notices out. But it's when I come up with new classes, that email list is, are the first folks to know. I don't post about them. I just send them out via email with a link for more information, a link to call me if you have questions, and a link to, to pay if it's something you want to do.
3: You know, I, I, I got um, antsy to find a pork leg for the holidays. And who did I ask? I went straight to you because I knew you'd probably have an avenue and you'd probably figure it out. And boy oh boy, we had a we had an amazing dinner before Thanksgiving where we did this pork leg, the bottom part of it, the big piece. It was about eleven pounds and seasoned it nice with house blender herbs. And this had never this was butchered like a couple of days before it was on my table and it was never frozen. And I got to be in the shop with you and and sort of explain what I wanted and you cut it for me right there, just the way I wanted it. I feel really lucky and very special to know this guy right here. I thanks so much, Tom. Because it was just really bar none better than what you what you get. If if you get it and you know where it came from and the respect in the butchering part is another thing and that and you totally have that going on down there and uh, you cut me some nice little cutlets out of one piece that was a, like a little extra piece and oh my goodness those are so good it was really a, the best experience knowing where it came from watching you break it down Taking it home, seasoning it, and cooking and eating. Oh, my goodness.
0: This is the kind of relationship you're trying to spur in your education and and the classes, the outreach you do as a nonprofit is to really connect people back to, you know, the supply chain of food in your community. Exactly.
1: I, You know, I really, back when I first was thinking about this as a notion, the Utah Meat Collective, I got overwhelmed. I frankly got overwhelmed because you start thinking about our food system and how people normally source meat. It's a big problem. Yeah. There's a lot of folks that that uh, to to try to touch, and uh, I ended up getting some advice, and it was really just one person at a time, and and I I really try to think about that when I'm talking to whether it's Al or the next person that calls me and has a meat question, it's just that one person that I'm mm-hmm. trying to talk to and and helping however I can.
0: You know, I get press releases from the Meat Growers of America. That's not what they're called, but I can't remember off the top of my head about the different trials and tribulations they're having because it's concentrated in a few hands. So one of the things that you're trying to do is also demonstrate that there are ranchers and growers in your own community that you can uh, work with, just like the farmers markets that we go to. And there are some meat uh, producers that are there, but this is, you're down in Spanish Fork, um, and that part of our state, it's really interesting to see it come back, and I'm curious if this season you, you saw folks a little bit more informed because of the work you're doing, but over the course of the pandemic, I'm guessing people were turning like, where can I get this meat if I can't go to the store? Who's growing it in my neck of the woods?
1: So I do uh, end up making a lot of those connections. So I don't keep track of them, but somebody will call me up. And frankly, Al, if I had not happened to have a, a fresh pig leg in my cooler, well, we would have found you one. And, um, so those kinds of connections I make on a very frequent basis, um, and not for my benefit necessarily, but it's for the benefit of whoever's talking to me and the benefit of the farmer. Hopefully that's growing it. I'll just put those two folks together.
0: Yeah. You don't want to have your own butcher shop. You want to teach people how to do this and give them the skills to go and take care of themselves.
1: Yep. And be a resource though, a mm. resource to the community, because along the way, I've got to meet quite a few folks like, like, uh, Al and Laura here. And, um, there's anyway, that, that's, that community that I can reach into and hopefully solve somebody's problem or help them along the way is something that I value and try to spend some time on
3: there's um, explain a little bit about the different animals you're butchering um, I know there's been, there's been a, some duck, there's been there was a duck, someone wanted a duck there's some um, turkeys that we turkeys saw down there turkeys and chickens, you make bacon you do some artisan meats tell me a little bit about what you're what you're putting out there so
1: our you know, the, really our core farm is, is I, I would say, uh, p- pigs and chickens. But, you know, poultry tends to grow. And so, this, you know, this year we did chi- we did uh, broiler chickens, we did turkeys, and we did geese. And one of the people that bought a uh, turkey from me, I don't, I don't process for people. I process with them. And so she bought a turkey. She wanted to process it with me. And she brought a couple ducks with her that were a neighbors that they didn't know how to process. So okay, let's go ahead and get those processed. And so for her, we did two ducks and one turkey, um, and, and it was great fun for me. And she was absolutely delighted because I don't know what she would have done short of short of uh, of that. Um, I've got geese still left on my farm, and uh, they're uh, they're getting close. They'll be Christmas dinner. We hope. Uh, right now, I've got open some beef classes uh, where we're going to be demoing, me and a butcher friend of mine, demoing the different uh, primals, and so starting tomorrow, we're going to be starting on a shoulder. Uh, the next Saturday, we're going to be doing the uh, the rump or the hindquarter, and then on the next Saturday, the 17th, we're going to finish up with really the king of the beef, which is the loin section where the ribeye steaks and, and T-bones uh-huh. and that kind of stuff are, um, and they're we timed it to age that meat appropriately all of that beef is beef we raised it's hanging in my cooler and it's really for our family
3: you have a prosciutto hanging in your cooler that's <laughs> been hanging there for months Albinized and it's it going to hang there for more months how long <laughs> yeah so
1: i put it in there in may it'll be there till at least june wow uh, and and maybe a little bit longer right you know so 12 months for sure um, and and I and I think I'm going to call you Al because I think you've got a little Italian heritage. We're going to carve into that thing together.
3: Oh my goodness! And,
1: uh, <laughs> I think it'll be fun, and and sharing that with folks that will really appreciate it mm. um, is is such a great pleasure.
0: What are you finding from people who are taking the classes as you've ramped up for this season, and now you're going to kind of go into a bit of a hibernation? It sounds like. Yeah,
1: just uh, yeah, we're 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 intentionally taking the month of January off, um, just for a break. But I. I am I am f- seeing or hearing or finding that those that they are doing more home production, mm-hmm. um, and so my my fondest hope is that somebody that's maybe taken my class from San Pete County in a year or two years they're doing the San Pete County Meat Collective and they're bringing folks in and training them and uh-huh. teaching them. We have to share these these uh, experiences hands on. YouTube has a role, but it's not the same role that I serve, um, and that other good teachers of meat processing serve. So. That's what that's what I'm hoping, and I am and I am seeing it, um, but it's it's slow. It takes time.
0: And these aren't folks that are regular ranchers or have been ranchers forever. Oh, no, it's just uh, regular folks in the neighborhood. Yep, just just backyard
1: yeah backyard farmers. And I you know I say I do backyard butchery. So raising a pig may be out of somebody's reach, but certainly raising a meat chicken is now. I don't know everybody's regulation, but
0: yeah, the chickens have had some hard times this this, yeah, this year with the but, avian flu.
1: But it's a it's a it's a nine week commitment. To really the best chicken you've ever ate, eaten, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you can do that. At, many of us can do that in our backyard. Yeah.
3: Where did the skills come from? Where did, did you take some classes? Did you what did you do, Tom?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it was self taught, uh, but that didn't go far enough. So I spent time at a meat shop in Payson, um, just just doing cutting and trimming and kind of seeing their operation. Um, I got an apprenticeship at a, at another meat shop where I worked. Uh, with them for eight weeks. I I went to the Northwest and uh, did a class from the Farmstead Meat Smith, and uh, where where he was doing whole hog butchery charcuterie in a three-day class. Um, so and I and I read an awful lot about it and and boy it's just I I feel like I've just barely started to pull on the thread uh-huh. and and so it's hard to get that information um, and it was it was hard for me so being able to share it with folks is of high value to me i want i want to share what i've what i've picked up but i'm still learning too i'll learn something tomorrow in our beef class
3: we joke a little bit the the pigs are kevin kevin bacon the the cow is bob the we joke a little bit but the respect that involved in when it's butchered and then you get it in the shop it goes up to a higher level
1: well, yes, as a producer, so, you know, my, when I'm wearing my farmer hat, I'm a producer. Uh, and then that transition between the farm and the meat shop, I take very seriously. And once that animal is put down um, and, you know, that we're treating it respectfully and carefully and getting it into the right condition to, to safely uh, cure or hang or dry, um, I, uh, there's not a better, fee- I mean, there, there's a great feeling of accomplishment when you start butchering an animal you raised and, and saw it through its life, and and just know that know it's going to be enjoyed, um, it's 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 been a very special sort of experience for me.
0: I guess I have a question, Al, and that's you know you're you're really talking about how our food gets to our table, and a lot of people never experienced that. You know, my mother was a farmer's daughter, and uh, uh, I visited my grandfather's farms and ranches as a kid but I never saw that process in place and I'm just kind of curious the folks that have taken your classes that are new to it um, what what do I say is the impact on them about uh, the respect they have for what it takes to get that food to our table
1: well I mean one of the 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 feedback I most often get is thanks I don't know where I would go to find this out otherwise mm-hmm. and and everybody's on their food journey from a coming at it from a different direction mm-hmm. and so i'm intersecting with wherever they are at at that moment and some a lot some folks may be they're going to buy a farm in five years or
0: um what am i getting into what
1: am i yeah what am i getting into how if i did want to do it or anyway lots of different reasons some people it's about surviving or, or a survival skill other people it's about um Concern for the food chain and and what's
0: going into the food and what's
1: going into it, uh, antibiotic free or how do you grow it healthfully? So people are all coming at it from a bunch of different directions. I'm indifferent about that about mm-hmm. what why they come to me. I just want to give them the experience that hopefully they're they're uh, looking for when when we we get on my farm. And
0: very unique nonprofit in the in the state. And so I appreciate the the education and the transparency that you're trying to bring to it. Because I can hear my vegetarian friends in my head as we're having this conversation. But dang, that sausage was good. Um, (laughs) uh, And and I really appreciate that you're wanting to bring back what used to be common talk around the dinner table. Well, we've got the pigs coming on. We're going to have to take care of that. You know, we've gotten so far away from producing it in our backyard. And now, having gone through the pandemic, Al, people are like, maybe I should be producing something or can I do it?
3: Right. I was. I was lucky. We butchered. I moved to a farm in the country when I was very young, and I grew up there until I was about twenty. And um, we butchered uh, three Angus cows from calves, and raised to an eight hundred pound cow from a little calf. And and I took. You know, I was the one who. Put them down, and I, I did all that stuff. We'd be sitting around the table, and somebody'd come over, and we'd say, "Oh, what? This is so good. Where where'd you get this?" Oh, my dad would say, "This is local beef. <laughs> it came from the barn over here behind that our barn. house." <laughs> and um, you know that the, it was funny. The cows were Loco, Boco, and Coco. Okay, <laughs> and so. I mean, we always had a big freezer full of meat. So this is a sort of Renaissance era now for me as I'm going back to that. And, and I realize how important that was and how important it is now with the supply chains and the, with just the food system itself, how funky it is and how cool it was when we knew where it came from and how good it tasted. Yeah. There's nothing better. Well, we are I just agree.
0: about out of time, so I want to make sure you have a chance for a last question or comment, Now,
3: Well, um, you know, that was pretty much it. Tom, tell folks where they can find you and all that, and, and uh, you know, get on Tom's mailing list. Because the classes on... will
0: start coming out in the spring. You'll have a list, I'm guessing.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be planning, you know, while I'm on hi- hiatus for that month of January. And catching I am, up on the Pac-12. I, I am. <laughs> and, and catching up on the Pac-12 game. I am going to be uh, be planning our, our first quarter into summer classes. So the best way to keep tabs on me that way is to get on my mailing list. You'll do that at utmeet.com And um, sign up and then wait and uh, hear from me. Uh, if you have questions, call me or email me. I get that. I get a few of those uh, every week. So, hope I hear from you guys.
0: We'll be sure to put all of those details in the show notes. Tom Wheatley, Utah Meat Collective. Thank you so much. Good thanks, to see Laura. you again, my friend. Yeah,
3: thanks, Al. Very good.
0: Aldine, that's the show. Got to say thanks to Sullivan Petchenpeng, our audio engineer, and going back to live music to take us out. Bly Valentine. Yeah. I, I don't think we have time for you to go to the piano. And we're right. we're going to get one more <laughs> song, though. So, again, a reminder that Monday. Your new album drops, and where can people get it? Because you do have CDs available, too. Yeah,
4: you can get it on Bandcamp, .bandcamp BlyWallentine.Bandcamp.com, or BlyWallentine.fun, or if you come down to Rugby Grounds in Provo at 7 p.m. Monday. Monday, yeah. (laughs) Birthday party release.
0: And then you have a gig on the 9th.
4: Gig on the 9th at ABGs.
0: Okay, we'll put all those details in the show notes. Thank you. Al, what's this next song called? Let's find out a little bit about it.
3: The next song is My Unkempt Billies. (laughs) As in Billy Goats? Billy Goats,
4: yeah. Yep, the rowdy aspects of the self, right? (laughs) Goats on the left, sheep on the right, and we need them all.
0: Well, Bly, we've had some of your music on through our our, uh, series with Hum. Yeah. It's been a joy to have you in the studio playing live.
3: It's been a pleasure to be here. I'll My be. Unkempt Billies, this is Bly Valentine, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
7: KRCL is turning 43, and we're inviting you to come out and celebrate the station's anniversary with us at our first-ever Holiday Soul Party on December 3rd at the Commonwealth Room in Salt Lake City. KRCL DJs, photo booth, food truck, and live music with Ryan Ennis, AM Bump, and the Omega Horns with a special VIP soul set with me, eBay Hamilton. So come on out and celebrate 43 years of community radio with a night full of feel-good soul music and all your favorite radio friends here at KRCL. That's Saturday, December 3rd at the Commonwealth Room. Get your tickets now at krcl.org. KRCL, Salt
0: Lake City.